Hey y'all, welcome to Wild Confidence. I'm your host, Ainsley B, and I can't wait to share with you some amazing guests on this season of the podcast. Our goal here is to help one another find, keep, and share our wild confidence in Christ. I'm so thankful you're joining us, and if you love the episode today, I'd be so grateful if you left a review or shared it with a friend. All right, all right, let's hop in. I can't wait to meet our guest today. We have two guests today that I'm so excited about. They are the authors of Flash Theology. Jenny Randall is an Emmy Award-winning editor who went on a journey to discover what it really means to live on purpose. And Braden Brookshire holds an MA in New Testament research and a BA in biblical studies, with both including an emphasis on biblical Greek exegesis. Jenny and Braden, welcome to Wild Confidence. How are y'all today? Doing good. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, fantastic. It's great to be here. Literally anytime. I would love to have y'all on. Like, we we could do a whole season, I'm sure. Um, honestly, of just us hanging out. We hung <laughs> out for about 15 minutes so far. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I have loved it and loved getting to know y'all already. Now, Flash Theology is your latest book, and I'm obsessed with it. Okay, it's beautiful. <laughs> first of all, I have three copies of it. Um, because (laughs) we just aggressively (laughs) sent you a whole lot of them. I think the Lord was like, you are going to read this. And if you forget to read this, I'm going to remind you to read this. (laughs) If you forget, I'm going to remind you again. (laughs) That's our marketing tactic. Just continuously (laughs) sending out copies to the same person. I love it. But it really is like whenever I first got it in the mail, I (laughs) looked at it and I was like, this is one of the most beautiful books I have ever opened and seen like the colors, the graphics, it's so engaging, which I mean, and that's just on looks, not yeah. even just on content. So I'm just going to sing its praises and y'all's praises right now, because it really is so beautiful. And the subtitle is a visual guide to knowing and enjoying God more. And I really feel like it does, it does that exact thing. It is truly a visual guide and it does make God and all that surrounds him, the conversations that surround him accessible. And I, I, I don't know, I'm honestly just getting into studying theology over the last like three to five years because it is, it just feels daunting to me. And as I work through your book, I think I'm eight chapters in or so. I'm just like, this feels so like you're putting the cookies on the bottom shelf for me. Like I feel like a child <laughs> and, and like you're making it make sense, you know? Uh, well, yeah. you're so like cool and hip. So you're, do, do the kids say that these days? Cool and hip. Uh, no, nope, only you, you Jenny. <laughs> Whatever, Braden. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for those praises. That means a lot coming from you. Yeah. And just to comment on something you said there, I mean, it's so cool to see you engaging theology. And I I think we would just say, hey, you've probably been engaging theology a lot longer than you think, because even things like God loves you is a theological statement to say, I am forgiven in Christ is a theological statement. And it's just one of those things that, hey, flash theology is a way for people to be like, okay, I I know I'm engaging in the theology book because it's called that, but it's really accessible. And so our hope is that when someone's done with this, they start to be like, oh my gosh, like theology is inherently interesting. And so therefore they might not be as intimidated to reach for that other theology book because they start to realize, wow, almost anything on the subject of the Bible or God is actually touching theology. (laughs) Yeah, you're so right. And I truly didn't understand that or grasp that until more recently. So it's 
freeing. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's freeing yeah. to feel like I, I can consume this information and grasp it. And it's not out of my, you know, realm of possibility or uh, intelligence, <laughs> which is just really nice. But the, okay. So there's one thing that I came across. I kind of jumped ahead in a section uh, and then went back, but it was about um, God is peace. And this yeah. one thing that, that it kind of popped out, I was like, God, this is such a good thing that I can take in my daily life. And it's, are you a peace breaker, a peace keeper or a peace maker? And that honestly convicted me because I was thinking, oh my gosh, how often am I just a peace keeper? instead of taking it that next step and being a peacemaker. So I really just wanted to hear from y'all your thoughts on, on that concept before we go any further. Yeah, that I'm, I want to talk about it, but I will be gracious because co-author Brayden actually loves this topic. So I'm going to let him dive into <laughs> the warlord of peace. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, Jenny, actually I thought you were going to jump in on that part because, uh, but yeah, anyways, I, I the, the foundation for that whole concept, though, just is this idea that if you think about it, when we say Prince of Peace, you know, uh, and we at Christmas time, I think we undermine the like quite ironic phrase that that is. I mean, Sar Shalom in the Hebrew is something that kind of more strictly means like warlord of peace. And we all know how history goes. History is written by the conquerors, right? And so uh, the Roman Empire, how it came about through bloodshed, tyranny, and just brute strength, right? And so when the first Christmas comes about and you have the angels, the army of angels coming to announce the presence of the birth of the true king, the birth of God incarnate, Okay, this is going to be a terrifying experience, right? Because as humans, we are in rebellion against God. So, wow, he's coming and his army is coming forth to announce. What are they going to announce? And the, the, instead of bringing like the the war and the like tyranny over humanity to the shepherds, they announce like almost that God has come bearing the white flag, that he's the one, although he was the one who was offended against the one who uh, we broke his covenant relationship, he has been the one who's going to come and make peace on our behalf. And so there's so many great passages in the New Testament. It was such a fun chapter for us to write together. Uh, so I highly encourage people to read it. But that's where it does get to the application section. And when Jenny and I were chatting through, I remember she came up with the language of the, not just peacemaker, uh, because that's the biblical language, but she's like, oh, it'd be interesting if someone's also a peacekeeper or a peacebreaker. And so, yeah, Jenny, what are some of your thoughts on that part? Oh man. Well, whenever we talk about this or think through it, I always go to thinking how we can't have this conversation with understanding and fully grasping God as King. So that too is a theological and loaded statement. And in the book, we unload this a little bit, but in, in understanding the reign of Christ, you know, there's this Christian theology where the kingdom has three parts and Mm -hmm. there's the triune God is King there's, he has to rule over somebody. So there's the believers in the kingdom. And then obviously the full reign will come in the new creation at the end of time when we're face to face with Jesus. So I know I'm throwing a lot, out a lot of language around that, but it really boils down to who has reign in your perspective, right? Who has reign over your life. And as we live for Jesus, as we proclaim him as Lord over all the things, we're able to grasp all these other things like uh, God is peace and how does that influence my life? So for me, that conversation starts with understanding God is king. Mm. 
That's so true. And I'm literally like sitting here. I feel like a sponge right now. So I know that someone else is probably feeling like a sponge too. And I'm thinking back on how much I have already learned diving into this and how much I didn't feel like I grasped before because I was leaving the education, I guess, or the learning to pastors or to church leaders and letting them kind of spoon feed it to me when, whenever I kind of dived into fasciology, I felt like I'm taking ownership of my faith. So I'm just curious from y'all's thoughts and perspectives, like, what do you feel like Christians are missing out on when they leave that to other people, when they don't, you know, take that ownership and dive in for themselves? Yeah, there's something powerful that happens when you have a vested interest in what you're going about. So to put like into an analogy, it's kind of like when you get a personal trainer, when you're paying to have a personal trainer, you suddenly are probably going to show up to the gym a lot more because you have skin in the game. (laughs) And so when you take responsibility over like, hey, theology matters, not just to be taught theology, but to engage theology, because I want to know and enjoy God more you're going to approach the Bible differently. Like that's where those times you need to have like highlighter and pens out. You need to start being like, okay, how is verse five connected to leading the way to verse six? What's going on here? This word is repeated often. Let me take note of that. Mm, Or like, hey, you know, like that's an interesting concept. I don't know if I get what that means. Like, I would say to people, like, approach the Bible like a tourist in the foreign land. Like, when I went to Italy, I hired tour guides to take me around the museums because, sure, I could have walked around and appreciate the paintings, but I wouldn't have gotten very far in my appreciation and understanding. A tour guide was able to, like, as I would look at something, like, hey, so why this? What's the big deal? Why is this so famous, et cetera? They would point out the details and I'd look at it again and be like, oh, my gosh. And so um, here's what I want to say about that. What we do when we give every layperson the power to say, you need to read the Bible and engage theology on your own, they're going to start asking really good questions and becoming very curious about the text. And then they're going to probably find good tour guides, aka resources and helpful people from podcasts and all of that to help them understand the text. And then they're going to give the text back to that person. And next time when they engage that text, they'll be like, I know what that means. That's Mm. powerful. And I'm gripped onto that truth in my life. Love that. I'm I'm laughing because my husband and I also went to Italy and we just literally bulldozed through all the museums and we're like, oh, <laughs> Mona Lisa, like what is happening? Or maybe she's in France. I don't know, but it was just we weren't that good at being to our guides. So Braden's analogy is really good. Just <laughs> like, let me get through this. I'm surviving. And in our faith too, I I feel like if if we look at it from more of a high holistic viewpoint, we're constantly consuming media. We're constantly scrolling Mm -hmm. through social media. And there's this false gospel we're actually fighting against, which is this, this self-help, uh, in it to win it. I'm the humanity. Meology. Yeah. I call it falseology. We can call it what we want, but it's Mm -hmm. not the absolute truth of God. So when we understand these stable, stabilizing truths, and when we have this assurance uh, through the Bible and the biblical text. And as we put on our I'm a theologian hats, we begin to have discernment around the media we're consuming, those 30-second clips and sermons. And, yes. and we too should also uh, study what our pastors are teaching us. Not to say you're wrong, but to further understand what they're saying and how they're leading us and how they got to that text. And two, we, we're allowed to discern the things we, we're being taught and consuming. So I think that's something important too to keep at the forefront of our minds. Yes. Um, that is probably the most important thing 
right now that we need to do whenever we're consuming media is use your, your knowledge and your discernment to actually bring it to the Lord and craft what you're believing with what you're from what you're hearing with what he's actually saying. But if you do not have a tour guide, you may not know exactly what he's saying. And I actually really, I mean, both of your stories with having a tour guide and without having a tour guide are actually (laughs) so like, they just were the perfect analogy for faith with and without this information that is now at our fingertips with flashiology. But it just kind of made me think prior, like I was talking about, I was walking through my faith without a tour guide. I was just appreciating it walking in it. Yes, it's great. You can, I mean, beautiful, wonderful, awesome. But with a tour guide, it's rich and it's really the depth and the appreciation. And I feel like the curiosity that that is, has elicited in me has made my faith that much stronger. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like, I feel like I have legs to stand on. The most common dating question I get is, what do you think about apps? And I wanna tell you about my favorite dating app to refer people to. It's called Salt. So it's free to use. And unlike other Christian dating apps, it's made by Christians for Christians. So you can go in knowing that you already have the most important thing in common your faith and values. Y'all, I personally have not only met the team, but I have two close friends who can really speak to the validity of this app. And they say it takes some of the cringe out of those conversations. Can I get an amen? (laughs) And you can download Salt from App or Play Store. And after creating your profile, use code WILD for six weeks free premium. This is for US and Canada only. And please DM me to let me know how you like it because admittedly, I'm over-invested in your dating lives. <laughs> and I, I really do believe that this is a step forward in getting back to healthy dating. So y'all check Salt out and don't forget to use code WILD. Okay, so whenever this happens and I'm thinking of this result, like with the tour guide and come the end of the tour, I feel like I just really have this really great grasp. And to me, whenever we're thinking about that faith, that's like, I feel like I finally know God and I feel like I'm known by God. Like that kind of makes me feel like that's the end result. So when that happens, I don't know what happens when we are fully known by God. What do y'all think? Yeah. So it's an important thing to remember that knowledge is the basis of love. And so for those of you guys who are married or even just have a loving relationship, even with a friend, you can only love someone to the extent that you know them. And so that's why, like, if I were to, for example, uh, to, I don't know, take my wife on out to dinner to celebrate our anniversary and I took her to an all vegan place. Well, I uh, wouldn't really prove I knew my wife too well because she's like, I want to <laughs> eat some meat. Like, and then let's go get some dessert and let's like get some calories because her and I love food and it's fantastic. We also like working out and stuff like that too. But, <laughs> but <laughs> just, but, but, oh, just for a record. No, no, no. But like the point is, like, because I know Ariana, I know that taking her out to dinner to a nice vegan place wouldn't suit her. Like, but for someone else, that'd be like a way of loving them because you know that their body doesn't handle gluten well, or whatever. Point being, knowledge is the basis of love. And so even when mm. it comes to God, God thoroughly knows us, but part of our active worship back to God is to respond by being like, you know me, you crafted me for yourself. I was loved into existence by you. And now my active worship is respond by reaching out to the invitation to know you in return, which is this eternal, infinite journey. And it's the most wonderful thing. So how else can, what else could I do 
but then to love God in return by getting to know him as he has chosen to reveal himself. Mm. That's really good. I love Brandon's um, pastoral heart when it comes out in, in these type of interviews, because it, <laughs> it just makes me smile because he, he really is displaying like the fatherly love of God in how he answers things, obviously. But, but that question, like being known by God, I've, I started asking my friends, Hey, do you feel really known in friendships or in relationships? Mm-hmm. And like, I started perfectly considering like, do, do I feel like I'm really known and do I even know who I am? And I'm 40 years old, like oh, I'm 41, yeah. let the record show. So it's like <laughs> this constant, this constant conversation with God, like, well, am, am I acting how you've designed me to act At, or am I stuck in some way? Am I, am I walking in true freedom? Like, what does that even look like? So I think it's this, con- I mean, this is what sanctification is, right? Like walking out this Christian life is as we grow closer to God, we inadvertently, hopefully begin to look more like him. And a lot of that is perfectly considering like, well, man, what's holding me back here? Why aren't I walking in true freedom? Why, why do I not feel truly known by my friends? Am I being honest with them about stuff? And I mean, there's so many layers to this piece of the conversation, but I feel like we're just, we're just starting to eat the cookies here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But I love, I honestly love how both of y'all even present information. Like um, my brain feels like it has so many, it's just feels like I'm taking rapid fire notes and then I try to pull one, but then you say something else and I'm like, oh wait, that was good too. And I'd like jump around to the things y'all are saying, because I'm just, I'm basically, I'm going to be thinking about this for the rest of the day for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> but one of the things that I think y'all hearing both of y'all talk is reminding me of how much more rich that my faith is now, because I feel like since I've been studying this, I've had an eternity mindset versus, I don't know. I know that like God is in the details and that he cares about the details of our lives, but sometimes I feel like we don't really understand where our focus should be. So we get caught so caught up in the details that we totally miss the big picture. And he's kind of like, if you can grasp this big picture, you won't be as consumed with all of these details. Mm. Does that feel like something that's just jumbling around in my brain or does that feel like it makes sense? I approve. I approve your (laughs) jumbles. Listen, I mean, I'm going to use a fancy word for a second, the meta narrative of the Bible. So if we look from Genesis to Revelation, we see that God is on this huge rescue plan, right? And that that's the whole, that's the whole thing. Where does Jesus fit into this rescue plan? What does it look like when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Okay, now we have the filling of the Holy Spirit. And now we get to partner with him in in this rescue plan. And oh my gosh, he actually chooses. He chooses to use us to to manifest his presence on earth and to steward the ground we've been entrusted. And that alone will spend will like spin your brain in a million circles. Because what what do we do with that? But the (sighs) overarching theme is that we too, as Christ followers, get to walk with God as he does the rescuing. It's not about us, but we get to steward that and point people in the right direction too. And if that's all, gosh, I think about my kids. And if that's all I do for the rest of my life, like sign me up because mm-hmm. that's a noble and worthy cause. You're so, you right. know, I, you're a mama, you know, I, I was just about to say, I think yet yeah, last night and this morning, both, I thought, you know, if I, if I have all of these dreams that I've always had my entire life, if they never come true, 
I think I'd be totally fine because I'm investing the time that I'm not working on them. I'm spending with my daughter and I'm yeah. like, that's fine. Like, that's yeah. good. If, and if you know, she, I don't know. Sorry. You know ahead, thing, no, no, I actually, I interrupted you. My apologies. Uh, yeah. I, I think one thing we're doing too, when we keep that meta narrative of scripture in mind is we're showing our kids that they are born into a story. And so, so often what's going on mm. with like, even to bring in like mental health stuff. And I know that's a loaded subject. So it's, there's a lot to it. But one thing that I see perceived going on from a pastoral perspective is everyone's trying to find a story. Everyone's trying to link themselves to something that is bigger than themselves. But the problem is people think they have to start from scratch, that they have to write their own story, find themselves and all of that. When the difference is Christianity offers us like what God offers us is a story that we are born into. There's a narrative that's been going on with a trajectory it has a point of origin, point of end, all that. And he invites us to have an identity in him. So you don't have to find yourself. You have to find yourself in Christ. And that makes the whole big difference. So what you're doing as a parent is you're showing your, your children like, hey, like you are born into a story. You have a place in this story because this storyteller has written you into it. And that's a big mm-hmm. difference for people. And when people find that, there's suddenly a less of a crisis of identity because you mm. say, oh my gosh, God made me for himself. I don't have to find myself. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. I know my head about fall off my shoulders because I'm nodding <laughs> my head so much. I'm like, you're so right though, because that takes, that's such a burden lifted off of our shoulders. That's such a mm-hmm. relief. To just feel like, no, I'm searching for this belonging. I'm searching for this belonging. And the whole time the Lord's like, Hey, you are mine. Like you belong to me. If you, if you just want to hear me out, I can tell you all kinds of crazy things (laughs) (laughs) and all kinds of crazy adventures. That's good. That are just, so. I mean, the more I think literally every day, I think, okay, eternity mindset, eternity mindset, eternity mindset. And I'm, I'm more patient. Mm. I'm more confident. I'm more efficient. I mean, all of the things that I dream to be, I become because I'm focused on others or just their, I mean, their souls, right? Like, the like, well, how can I show them the Lord today? How can I just be peace and be a peacemaker mm. instead of just a peacekeeper, much less a peace breaker? Because I definitely <laughs> have been that before. <laughs> Sing it. Potentially <Okay>. yesterday. <laughs> Repentance is good, my friend. It's okay. We've all been there, done that. I'll tell you. (laughs) But I just love, oh my gosh, there's just so much freedom and relief in being born into a story. And I think it takes Mm -hmm. the focus off of us for a little bit, which is also (laughs) so necessary. Yeah. How selfish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not big enough to hold the capacity of being the main character of this story of life. It's way too big for us. And that would overwhelm us and actually break us, in fact. And so that's why when we make God the main character as the chapter one of the book, (laughs) he's the author of life, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Is it all about, like you said, it's liberating because instead of that being something about like, oh no, it just decenters us and dethrones us. Yes, it does both those things, but we find how freeing it is because we actually live as we were designed to live. 
Like, it's like, if you know, it doesn't, you can't put an elephant on top of a water bottle. It will crush it. <laughs> like yeah. it's not made. That's not what it's designed to do to hold an elephant. But like for us, we often put this on ourselves and society and culture does this to us. But when you make God, when you make instead of meology, but theology about God, the center thing, it's so liberating and freeing because then we start to be, ah, I'm finding how I'm truly made to live. Yes. Oh my gosh. You're so right. If you have ever heard any guest on this podcast and thought, wow, I want a relationship with the Lord like they have, I want to show you a field guide where you can. How to Connect with the Lord Field Guide is available to you by checking out, it's on my website, so ainsleybritton.com. You can access this course. It is packed full with information and wisdom on how to connect with the Lord and reintroduce yourself to Him. It is so time to reignite your relationship with the Lord and He is just ready and willing with wide open arms. I'm so excited for you. Check out that film guide. So this book like not only focuses on just a few things that we've talked about today, but it has like 31 truths in it that they're kind of like bite size, you know, you kind of make them easier for us to, to understand. And you're highlighting these aspects of God and who he is and um, what that means for us. So how did you decide, like, these are the ones we want to focus on? Oh man, we had fun brainstorming this. Um, Brayden and I would just talk for hours and we finally realized we wanted to break it into those three sections. What is God? Who is God? What is God like? And that last section is mm -hmm. how does that apply to us and how do we demonstrate those attributes to the world around us? So we had a we talked over Zoom as mm -hmm. writers do because he's in California, I'm in Florida. And we had a little bulletin board post-it thing. And we just, I would show him it and I'd be like, which one should we move here? What do we do? And there we had too many. So there was mm -hmm. a point where we had to get some, rid of some of our topics. Wow. And we tried to focus on ones that aren't often talked about or ones that we could bring um, some depth to within mm -hmm. the conversation. And it kind of mm. led us from there. Yeah. Y'all literally wrote this book on opposite sides of the country, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lots of uh, collaborative. Well, Google Docs is great. You can see each other <laughs> literally writing in sentences at the same time. It, and it really was a fruit of total collaboration. And it's like a chemistry project. When you put Jenny and I together, it's just so fun to see how we sharpen each other with uh, the ideas, the concepts. And you start to jive off it, even off this conversation. Like there's some things that if you told me, hey, go in a room and talk about parenting and theology. I don't know if we would have come up with the same great stuff, but there's chemistry and fusion when the three of us even here are talking mm -hmm. about things. So same thing about writing together. And that's why I so appreciated writing with Jenny on this book. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I love both of y'all's minds, how they, <laughs> and like I said before, like y'all are each time that one of you say something and then the other one says something, I'm like, wait, wait, those are both <laughs> like said so wonderfully in such different ways. And mm -hmm. I'm only it's been a short thing. You know, time together. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah, cool. Our biggest prayer during this project was that we could communicate this message of theology with accuracy and awe. I even had to post it on my computer every time we showed up to write. And I mean, it's one thing to know God, and it's another thing to know Him and experience Him. And that's where the awe comes in. And our hope is that as people, whether or not they read our book, right, but as they dive into theology, as they begin to study God, 
they not only know him, but they're changed because of him. And they, they're left in awe at the wonder and the power and the might of who God is. And man, what a place to be. So Brandon and I loved always just like marinating on that topic alone. And it, it brought us in a whole lot of directions. We, we had to be like, okay, let's stop dreaming into 700 books down the road. And let's just like yeah. focus yeah. on this one right now. Cause we have so much fun working together. Yeah, true. Does that mean there will be future so. collaborations in our brains? In yeah. our brains, yeah. we have you know, a million. As long as people keep buying flash theology, then it really ups the chances yeah. of there being another yeah, one. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, speaking of y'all, you know, working together on this project and future, how do y'all know each other for our listeners? <laughs> okay, I'll, I was waiting to see if Braden wanted to jump in because I feel like I always butcher it. I love so when he's you my. It. He's, I know, I never use the term brother-in-law. He's my brother-in-law. Our spouses are siblings. So my husband, Matt, is the brother of his wife, Ariana. There we go. I did it, it's right? Yeah. Yeah. So we we would always Amazing. just be the nerds at family parties talking about theology. And my other brother-in-law, Tim, he too is a pastor and on staff yeah. at a church. So we would just like sit around and like dork out. And my husband, Matt, would be like, can we, can we talk about something else? Like, no. let's talk about the news. Let's talk about something else. So we found an outlet for all our thoughts and musings. And so we wrote was, a book together. <laughs> so we wrote a book. We found a place for it. No, but Brayden actually came on my other projects, my other books. I hired him to be the academic theologian. So he would review my words and be like, Incredible. hey, Jenny, you're not sinning. This is actually accurate. So it was nice <laughs> to have his brain. By the way, I never said that. The, so the stamp of approval. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, Ainsley knows there's a way, there's a weight to teaching the gospel or teaching the Bible. And if you're not academically trained, it can feel, I don't know if you're academically trained, but for me, that was scary because I didn't have the the scholarly knowledge to write about the Bible, but I just knew I was called to do it and passionate about it. So having Braden's um, scholarly brain confirm and affirm the writing was really, um, really needed and important and helped solidify the weight of what we were doing. So anyways, we we worked together in the past and then we dreamed into this and here we are, our first co-authored book. <laughs> Which is amazing and beautiful. And so far the extent of my academic uh, theology training. So awesome. <laughs> well, you have to, We're you glad have to be a tour copies. guide for you. We'll be yes. a tour guide. We won't speed <laughs> right through the music. Amazing tour guides. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where can people get this book? Where can we hang out with you online? Tell us all the things. Yeah, so you can buy the book. I mean, essentially anywhere books are sold. Uh, Amazon's always great. Uh, Christianbook.com, Barnes & Noble, etc. But uh, yeah, and please do write buy the book. Write a nice review. That'd be really helpful for us as yes. well. You can find us on Instagram too. We both have personal Instagrams. So for me, I'm at Braden Brookshire. And uh, Jenny has Instagram. Uh, Jenny, you're at Jenny. Aren't you at Jenny Randall? Uh, yeah, Jenny dot Randall. I think there's okay. a period in there. And then also the <laughs> on our website, yeah. we have flashtheology.com where we have a whole bunch of bonus material. If people want to lead a group through it, we have a group guide and church presentation slides. If there's like a church leader listening or a youth group leader and they want to use this at a curriculum level, we have a ton of resources available at flashtheology.com. Yeah. Incredible. Y'all are so amazing. Um, I'm so thankful for this conversation. So thankful for this project that y'all have put out into the world. And I'm just, thank you for your time. Thanks for hanging out with us. Of course. I can't wait. I hope we have more conversations in the future. Definitely. 700 of them. 
Sounds good. Seven, <laughs> seven million. Hey, thanks for having us on. We appreciate you. Thank you so, so much for spending time with us today and hanging out here on Wild Confidence. I hope that you feel encouraged and ready to tackle the day, feeling even more confident than you did before you started listening. I'd be so thankful if you left a review or shared this episode with a friend and I'll see you soon. Oh, don't forget. Let's connect on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Ainsley B and I hope to meet you there.